This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Quick Creek, Pavestone, and Higher. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now because we are here to help you with your home improvement projects. What are you working on on this beautiful summer weekend? You're working outside, maybe you're building a deck, picking up a paintbrush, planning some decor for the inside of your house, whatever's on your to-do list. We'd like to help move it over to the done list with a call to us. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit 888-666-3974. Hey, coming up this hour, would you like to incorporate a sleek, modern, and clean look into your kitchen? We'll have tips on how to achieve one of the hottest new design trends making its way to this side of the Atlantic from Europe. And if you'd like to breathe new life into some of the furniture you already have, you can do that with Stain. We're going to have tips on some of the newest Stain products out there with applicators designed specifically to make that project simple, quick, and easy to clean up. And do you feel like your AC just isn't doing the job it should? Well, I'm going to share a trick of the trade you can use to test your air conditioning to know exactly how well it's performing in just a bit. And if you call us with your home improvement question at 888 Pit, you might just win the complete wardrobe you need to tackle those projects because we've got $120 worth of Dickies Performance Workwear to give away. That's right. The package includes the very durable Dickies denim. So give us a call right now. The number again is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Caitlin and I was on the line and need some help restoring an old bath. Tell us what's going on. Hi. Um, my husband and I moved into our 1917 farmhouse about a year ago, and our main bathroom only has a clawfoot tub, and we would like a shower in it. So I was wondering if you had any tips on restoring the clawfoot tub and installing a shower kit. So you want to keep the tub, right? You don't want to put a separate shower. You just want to basically plumb up a shower head into that, correct? Correct. Since it's a clawfoot tub, if you disconnect the plumbing, then you can get that out of the house because the best way to, to refinish that, to resurface that, is to send it out to a company that does that because if you do it in the house itself, they can come in with acids and they can etch the old finish and they can add a new finish and then they can bring in heat lights and bacon on. But I've found that it doesn't, work nearly as well as basically sending it out to a place that's set up to re-enamel a tub. And then you're going to have one that really lasts for the long haul. And um, after that, you know, installing a shower kit to that is, is pretty much a plumbing project. Lots of places like Restoration Hardware um, have kits, or you can find them online, 
where you could basically plumb up the pipe that comes up and then arcs over for the shower head and you need a nice circular shower curtain, um, a shower bar above it for a curtain. And, you know, all that's easy, but the hard part is getting the tub re-enameled. Okay. And how costly is re-enameling a tub? It's probably not as expensive as buying a new tub, and it's going to last indefinitely. Okay. Well, thank you for your advice. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Patrick on the line who's got a roofing question. How can we help you today? I had a question about a metal roof versus a shingle roof. We're, our roof is about 17 years old, and it's ready for it's ready to change. Now, is it ready to change because you don't like the way it looks, or is it failing in some way? Oh, no. The, it's actually fine. The shingles are fine. Uh, but I was, I was kind of wondering about the cost-benefit of spending twice as much for a a metal roof versus a shingle roof for another, you know, and how long will the shingle, how long should that metal roof last? What's the gauge of the metal? That kind of thing. How long do you plan on staying in the house? Forever. Forever. Okay. That's, that's important information. So if you put a metal roof on this house, I think it can last for all intents and purposes forever. The metal roofs of yesteryear when they were properly maintained, would easily last 50 to 100 years. The metal roofs of today will do the same thing, um, and they can even do it more successfully because of some of the modern um, elements of technology that are added to it. For example, um, you are in Florida, is that correct? Yes, Port Charlotte. You know, the one nice thing is that metal roofs have reflective paint. It's like a low-E paint, and they actually reflect some of that radiant heat back off of the roof. So instead of having a roof that's like a heat collector, you're going to have a a roof that's a heat reflector. So there's also an energy efficiency element to it as well. Uh, But I think that metal roofs, you know, last literally indefinitely as long as they're properly maintained. They don't need a lot of maintenance. Um, Of course, if there's a storm and that sort of thing, they stand up a lot better. They don't fly off um, like shingles do. And even though it's twice as expensive, it will probably be the last roof you ever have to put on that house. If I do this $11,000 roof, will I report that to my homeowner's insurance? And will I get a benefit from that or no? That's a good question for your broker. Certainly, uh, a metal roof is more fire resistant. I also would look into energy, any energy efficiency rebates because uh, since it's a low-E roof coating... Um, you may actually qualify for an energy rebate. So I would look into that as well. And how would I look into that? You know, a good source is the Metal Roofing Alliance. That's a trade association for the metal roof industry. Go to metalroofing.com. And in fact, they have a section on their website about tax incentives. So they are available for metal roofs. All right. I appreciate your help. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Sandy in Florida is dealing with a squeaky door. Tell us what's going on. Well, we've had this squeaky door now for three years. We've tried putting oil on it. We've tried using WD-40. And then we went out and bought three new hinges and put on it. And it still is a squeaky door. Are these hinges sort of standard hinges? Uh, Yes, it's just three standard hinges. So what you might want to do is, is go out and buy some ball bearing hinges. There are some upgraded hinges. They're often used on heavier doors, but they rely on ball bearings to open and close instead of just the metal sitting on top of the metal. There's actually bearings there that the that the uh, different sides of the door will ride on, 
and those will be absolutely quiet and they'll last forever. Wow, where would they carry those? Well, I, I would expect that you would find them. You, you may need to go to a home center and order them. Go to the millwork section of a, of a home center, uh, bring an old hinge along, and try to order um, a ball bearing hinge to match it or your hardware store, or you can probably find them online as well. Yeah, that's what we'll try. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Still to come, a hot new trend in kitchen design is making its way here from Europe. We're going to learn more about this modern look after this. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. If you do, you'll get the answer. Plus this hour we're giving away a complete set of Dickie's work clothes, which includes Dickie's denim and the original eight seventy four work pant size, of course, perfectly to fit you. Dickie's is synonymous with durability, functionality, and comfort, and the Dickie's name has endured the test of time. That package is worth $120 going out to one lucky caller drawn at random. The number again is one eight 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 Money Pit, and you can learn more about those fantastic products at Dickies.com. Terry in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I've recently laid blacktop down, probably about two years ago. Now I'm starting to get some cracks in there, and some might be at least a half an inch wide to a quarter of an inch. And I'm curious if you have a new product that you're aware of that is rated highly to use now to fill cracks with on blacktop. Well, it's interesting that the driveway was only two years old, and it's already forming cracks. That can mean one thing and one thing only, Terry, and that is that it wasn't put down very well to begin with. Perhaps the base wasn't as solid as it should have been. Is this a, a project that you had a contractor do for you? Yes, and you're absolutely right. What happened, I didn't get the three inches that I was guaranteed to get. And I drive a semi, and in the wintertime, I'll back my semi up there to plug it in due to the cold weather. I live in right. Wisconsin. And I got off on the edge a little bit, and it pushed it down. Okay, so um, what you want to do is use a latex asphalt crack filler and then also use a latex top coat sealer. 
the latex products today, the formulation is pretty good, and they're a lot easier to work with. But, you know, you don't use the sealer on, on the cracks until you put the crack filler in first. The crack filler um, has some, you know, some depth to it, so it can fill up those voids, those half-inch voids that you described. And after you apply the crack filler and seal those cracks up, because remember, what the purpose of the crack filler is really is to just keep the water out of it and keep it flush so the water doesn't get in and freeze and, and make it worse. So use the crack filler first and then put a coat of latex sealer on the whole thing. I would just buy uh, one of the squeegees on one side of the broom on the other kind of application tools. Start at one end, go to the other, and then stay off it for a couple of days. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your kindness and answer my phone call. Terry, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Jeanette in Colorado's on the line and needs some help with a radiant heating question. What can we do for you? I would like to know if it would be good to do the radiant floor ourselves or to have someone else do it. Is it going to increase my electric bill quite a bit? And if it is something I could do, what materials would be best to do? Wow, lots of questions. Yeah, we only said one question, lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the bathroom is the only room in the house that you want to have a warm floor? Well, for starters, we would like to do it in the kitchen also. Uh, but we thought we'd start with the small project as the bathroom. And what kind of a house do you have? Is it a ranch? Colonial? What are we talking about? No, it's more of a ranch. It has, um, you know, the bottom is not sitting completely on the ground because it's lots of rocks and stuff in the mountains there. So it does have crawl spaces underneath. It does? Yes, it does have crawl spaces where you, you we have sunk punks in there to help anything that might cause that. So you can crawl under the house, but it's not very much room. Okay, and, and how is it heated? Is it hot water or a hot air system? Hot air, but we mostly use pellet stoves. So it sounds to me like you're going to be limited to uh, an electric radiant heating system. There are different types of heating um, underlayments, so to speak, that you would put on a bathroom floor and you would tile on top of. Now, is it expensive? Yes, it's electric heat. It's expensive to purchase and install. It's expensive to run. It's not a way to save money on your heating bill. There's nothing cost-effective about electric heat. It's very pleasant and nice to have that warm floor, but it is an expensive project and it's expensive to run. That said, if you put it on its own timer, so it's only on, say, in the morning or in the evenings for a limited period of time, you can manage that expense. Is it a do-it-yourself project? Yes, if you're pretty experienced, because the the tile mats usually have to be ordered custom-made, and you know you you have to make sure that they're installed properly. Because if you get that floor down and it doesn't work, you get a big problem. You end up having to tear it up. Frankly, my advice would be to not do it yourself. Because I would rather have a contractor do it that's worked with it time and time again. I'd hate to see the whole thing get together and you got a problem with it and you got to tear it all up and start again. So the the amount of the amount of, of uh, additional expense for labor I think uh, would have sort of an insurance quality to it to make sure it comes out right. Well, thank you all for your advice and I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, sleek. Clean cabinets have been popular in Europe for years, but they're now making their way to American kitchens. So if you love this look and you're wondering how to incorporate it into your home, 
there are a few ways that you can go with it, and not all are super costly. Yeah, first of all, you can refinish your cabinet doors. I mean, you've already got them, so why not refinish them? Now, dark wood cabinet doors are a beautiful contrast to a lighter countertop, walls, even your floors, and it can deliver an upscale modern look. On top of that, if you add stainless steel appliances or even stainless steel hardware, you're going to get a nice, sleek look that really will blend in with the rest of your modern kitchen. Now, if you're planning a new kitchen, what makes cabinets ultra-modern is when they are frameless and they have sort of a slab-styled European door and hidden hardware. That adds kind of a very modern look to the space. Now, those slab doors, that's the kind that's smooth with no panels, no accents, or no embellishments. Yeah, and you know what? The nice thing is that there are a lot of very affordable frameless cabinets out there that you can choose from. I mean, one retailer that you know just jumps out at me that does have super affordable, modern-looking cabinets is Ikea. I mean, they really do deliver a great product. Yeah, and they're a good value to actually have those in my office kitchen, and they look great. 888-666-3974. What project is on your to-do list? Let's talk about it at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got William from Texas on the line. William, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we help you with today? Well, my daughter bought a house, and the person that she bought the house from smoked cigarettes. And the house, when you walked, as soon as you walked in the door, the cigarette smell hit you. And it was basically throughout the house. And we're in the process of trying to figure out how we're going to get all that smell out short of ripping the walls out. Does the house have carpet? Uh, yes. That's probably got to go. I mean, it, okay. you can try steam cleaning it, but it gets into the padding and everything else. The least you have to do is steam clean it. But what you want to do on the walls is you want to paint the walls with a really good primer. And so an oil-based primer or an alkali-based primer will seal in that odor. Clean the walls well. Use a TSP, trisodium phosphate, to wash them down, and then prime the walls. If you don't prime the, wall, the walls, the odor will basically permeate right through the new paint. But if you clean them and you prime them well, uh, that will do will go a long way towards uh, getting rid of a lot of that odor. That plus removing the carpet or at least steam cleaning the carpet are the two most important things to do. Yeah, and you know what? If you do end up removing the carpet, um, make sure they remove the padding as well. And if it's a wood subfloor, you want to paint it again with that same, you know, odor blocking primer because that will do a lot to help with that as well. And I don't know if you've held on to any of the draperies or any other soft goods from the previous owners. Just get rid of them or really have them cleaned well. Okay. That will work. I appreciate your answer. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Next up, we've got Jim in Oregon with a paneling question. Tell us what you're working on. I've got a house that was built in uh, the early 1950s, and I moved into it in the 70s, and it didn't have any insulation in the in the walls of the house. So I took the interior paneling off, which was quarter-inch plywood was all it was, and then I put insulation behind that and, of course, rewired it at the same time. And then when I put the quarter-inch paneling back, after I put the insulation in, then I put, uh, of course, it was in the 70s, a big paneling error, so I just put paneling over the top of that. Now I want to kind of upgrade it a little bit, and I'm not too sure if, if my best route would be to, to clean the paneling really well and paint it or clean the paneling really well and have somebody come in and spray it uh, like you do uh, sheetrock, or maybe I should put quarter-inch sheetrock over the top of it and tape it off and then spray it. Uh, or a possibility of putting uh, on every 
stud, put a tube of two on the stud, and then put the insulation in that looks like styrofoam with the uh, tinfoil on each side, and then panel over our sheetrock over the top of that. So I'm kind of looking at dollars and cents and which way to go. Wow, you have a lot of choices. I mean, do we want? We really want a cosmetic solution here. Yes, that's the case. There's no reason you can't paint this. I mean, painted paneling can look quite attractive if it's done well, right, Leslie? But I think priming is probably important. Yeah, I mean, you're right about wanting to clean it. Then you're definitely needing to prime it with a very good quality primer because you want it to adhere very well to the paneling. And you know, depending on if this is actual wood paneling or some sort of you know wood-like paneling, you just want it to stick well. And then I would go with whatever paint over it. You know. So the issue here is whether or not you like the look of the vertical lines. If you like them, then you're going to love it painted because somehow white paneling looks fantastic, especially if you've got a decor and a home style that lends itself to that look. It can really work for you. Um, I really wouldn't paint it any other color because then it's like, oh, that's painted paddling where suddenly in a white, it's like, oh, it's got like a country chicish charm to it. Um but, you know, it, it's really up to you whether that's a look that you like and will enjoy. If you can work with it, then I definitely say go for the paint. So if I, I paint it white on it, my big horn sheep hanging on the wall and the antelope and stuff would stand out really well. Then. <laughs> yeah, I bet they would. <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can just understand that. I used to own a sporting goods store, so I understand that. All right, thanks so much for calling the Muddy Pit. Hey, are you ready for some quick and easy furniture makeovers? Well, we're going to have tips on easy ways that you can get a new look fast next. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Today's Money Pit is presented by Hire, the world's number one appliance brand. Stay cool this summer with a Hire Serenity Series air conditioner. Quieter than the average window air conditioners, yet cool your home effectively and efficiently. Learn more at HireAmerica.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, these days, so many of our building projects involve composites. These are materials that stand up better than wood. But what they can't do is display the beauty of natural wood grain, something that's easily highlighted with a simple application of stain. Yeah, no one knows stain better than the experts at Minwax. Joining us with tips is Minwax spokesperson and woodworking expert Bruce Johnson. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you, Leslie and Tom. I really appreciate the opportunity. So, Bruce, sometimes folks think of stain as a pretty big and messy project, but one of the things that Minwax has done that I like is that they developed another very easy way to apply stains called finishing cloths. How do these work? Well, and you're right, Tom. 
you know, it used to be in the old days, staining was something that people dreaded, like stripping furniture. But, but Minwax has made it easier with products that are fast-drying, easy to use, easy cleanup. And you're right, the uh, Minwax wood finishing cloths are a perfect example. These are pre-moistened cloths that contain both your stain and your finish in one cloth that you take out of a package, you reseal the package so there's no messing with a can, no stirring sticks, and you literally apply your stain and your finish by just using the finishing cloth to rub it onto the raw wood. It's a great way to do an easy project, quick. It's water-based, so you don't have to worry about fumes, and it dries quickly. Now, with the products that are already on the cloths or on the sponges, when you're, say, refinishing or repurposing a, a chair or something that you might find at a thrift shop or, you know, on the side of the road, is that something that you should do, or do you really have to start from scratch with the piece that you're refurbishing? I take two different approaches, Leslie. As, as Tom was talking about, the, the wood-finishing cloths really are designed if you're working on, let's say, a piece of unfinished furniture or an unfinished picture frame. But if, like me, you're going to the thrift shops or you're looking for those bargains alongside the road, those are typically pieces that already have a stain and a finish on them, but they're worn out. And in a case like this, I go for the the easy approach first. First thing I do is I clean it. I don't use any of my grandmother's old formulas with lye and trisodium phosphate because those things can actually remove a finish. I use Minwax hardwood floor cleaner for floors, and mid-wax wood cabinet cleaner for furniture. So I clean that thrift store fine first, let it dry, and then generally it's going to have nicks and scratches, just like your furniture in your house probably does at any time. And for those, I like to use the Minwax wood finish stain markers. These are like magic markers, but they've got eight different colors of wood finish stain in them. So I clean it first, then I touch up my nicks and scratches with the uh, stain markers, and then I rub on a coat of wipe-on poly. And like the name implies, you don't need a brush. You use a cloth, and you're putting on another layer of polyurethane protection. So that's the three-step method I use for my thrift store bargain. I tell you, it can't get any easier than that. You know, it used to be that it was a big project to tackle uh, staining, but with these cloths and the markers and the wipe-on poly, it really is uh, a very, very easy way to go. So, Bruce, what's next on the horizon for Minwax? I know that you have a new project that you're working on that's got a sort of an emotional bent to it. Tell me about it. Yeah, Minwax has got an exciting new campaign coming. It's called Made with Love finished with Minwax. And when you think about it, Tom, you know, we get emotional about our homes, we get emotional about our cars, but Minwax is pointing out the fact that, you know, especially with family heirlooms or, or pieces, maybe they're not even that old, but they're pieces that maybe you worked on together as a family project, that you get an emotional involvement with that as well. And so Minwax is anxious to point out to people how easy it is using products that are water-based, that don't have fumes, that dry quickly, how easy it is to get that emotional attachment with furniture as well. Because really, when you think about it, once you're in your home, it's your furnishings that you really relate to. You know, Bruce, this really seems like a great social campaign. Is this something that Minwax is working on? Absolutely. You know, Minwax is striving real hard to bring in a new generation of users. So we're going to find lots of great tips and projects over at 
minwax.com and at the Minwax Facebook page as well. So it's a great place to uh, to check out for some inspiration and some good tips I provide there as well, too. Bruce Johnson, Minwax spokesperson and woodworking expert, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks, Tom and Leslie. It was great to have the opportunity to talk with you today. And as Bruce mentioned, you can learn more at minwax.com. All right, still ahead, we're going to share a quick and easy tip to make sure that your air conditioning is running smoothly. Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. We will help you with whatever it is you are tackling around your house this week or planning to tackle next week. Plus, we're giving away a great prize. And this hour, we've got up for grabs some Dickies work clothing, and that includes Dickies denim. Now, you guys know that Dickies is just synonymous with durability, functionality, and comfort. And the Dickies name has really endured the test of time. Dickies Performance Workwear will deliver quality at an unmatched value. You can check out their website at dickies.com. The prize pack is worth 120 bucks, and that's going out to one lucky caller we draw at random. That number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. Sue in Ohio needs some help cleaning a carpet. Tell us what's going on. I have a concrete sunk porch slab that has had been covered with black carpeting, and it uh, we had a very muggy summer this year. And green mold started to grow on it. And I tried, you know, washing it off and rinsing it off, and and it just just won't take care of it. 
And I know that you had helped other people with mold problems with uh, 10% bleach, but I wouldn't dare put bleach on that black carpet. I wondered if there's something else that will kill that mold. Well, how do we know it's mold? It sounds like algae. Could it be? It could be, yeah. What what I would do is I would simply, if the carpet's that dirty, I would simply go out and rent a steam cleaner, rent a carpet cleaner. Those carpet cleaners are pretty darn effective. I rented one myself at the Home Depot just a few weeks ago for a couple of rooms in an apartment that uh, that we own that was getting a new tenant. And I'm always astounded with what a phenomenal job those steam cleaners do on what looks like carpet that has to be torn out. But when you steam clean it with the right materials, use the chemicals that come with the machine, it does a really good job. You just got to take your time. You usually have to go over it a couple of times. And it takes a little bit of work, but but it really does a great job. So I wouldn't try to do this any other way. The way the steam cleaners work is water is injected uh, into the carpet, and then almost at the same time, a very strong vacuum pulls that water back out with the dirt and debris attached to it. Oh, so the steam kills the algae. Yes, it'll clean it. And then if you dry it really well after that, it should stop it from coming back. Okay, okay. Well, that'll help me. Yeah. All right, and that won't damage the color. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us. Is your AC on, but maybe your house doesn't seem to be getting cool? Well, there's a quick and easy way to check if everything is working okay without calling a pro. Yep. All you got to do is take a thermometer and measure the airflow at the supply and return duct nearest the blower. Now, the temperature difference should be between 12 and 20 degrees. If it's not, your system is not running efficiently and probably needs refrigerant, which can be easily added by your local HVAC pro. So it's simple as that. Just take the temperature of your air conditioning system and you'll know what you need to do. All right, now we've got Lewis from Michigan on the line with a roofing question. What can we do for you? The house was built in 1929. The siding, it's a siding question. The siding is asbestos concrete shingles. We have iron in our well water. When spraying the flower, the water is accumulated over the years on the shingles. Now, one wall of the house now has a golden glow. <laughs> Any recommendations for removing the iron golden glow? Well, if it's siding, you're going to have to clean it and paint it. That's the only thing you can really do. I mean, you could wash this house down. You can use a TSP, trisodium phosphate, that will tend to take out some of that. But you're going to end up having to paint this siding. That's The nice thing about asbestos is it lasts forever. The, the, the not-so-nice thing about it is it has to be painted forever. But it's a non-organic product, so it, it, it will not rot. It will not fall apart organically. But it doesn't look very nice. And it does absorb a stain and needs to be constantly maintained. Now, because the asbestos is held inside of a cement binder, it's not a safety risk. It's just really a maintenance headache. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck with that project. All right. Now we've got Jackie in Colorado on the line who's dealing with some issues from a sink drain. What's going on? Stuff is only supposed to go down, right? Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to. Uh, the only time I have trouble with it is when I use my wash machine that's connected to the same same line as my sink. And the old timers put, uh, put it out in an open well. And so the only time I have trouble with is when the wash machine drains, then it bubbles back into my sink, and then when the water finally goes out, I get this gray water smell. So you have a gray water drain. When you say it goes to a well, you don't mean a drinking well. You mean a gray water well? It's just an old well that they dug, and they used it to as a drain, like 
It's not a septic tank. Okay. So, yeah, it's, a, it's called a gray water. It's called a gray water drain. And so you're getting odor back in. So the reason you're getting odor is because you need an additional trap in the system. Before that line goes out to the well that you're calling it, there should be an additional trap. Now, the trap is a U-shaped pipe, the same that you might see under your sink. And the idea of the trap is it lets the water drain one way, but stops the gases, the odor that you're getting from coming back in. And so if they didn't put a trap in that line, that's why you're getting the odor. The fact that you have the washing machine and the sink on the same line is not exactly legal, but it's also not unusual. (laughs) And so I'm not going to tell you to change that, but you absolutely do need a trap in there. Otherwise, who knows what kind of gases you're going to bring back in from the soil. And if you do that, that should solve that problem once and for all. Okay, Jackie? Okay. All right. See if I can get that done then. All right, Jackie. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Now we've got Kurt in North Carolina on the line who's working on a restoration. Tell us about the project. I've got a two-by-six floor joist spanning 15 feet, and I'd like to know if I rip some three-quarter-inch plywood and sister it up against the two-by-sixes and glue and screw it, if that would be sufficient. My crawl space has six vents under the floor, and I want to seal them up. I read it doesn't need uh, cross ventilation. It's kind of old school, and I'd put six mil poly on the ground. Your thoughts, please. All right. Well, first of all, in terms of uh, beefing up the floor joists, sistering the floor joists by doubling them, I don't necessarily think I would use plywood on them. I would double them. Would it be flimsy? Well, I mean, it may not be flimsy, but the thing is, if you want to sister a floor joist and help support it, you need to go from bearing point to bearing point. So if it's going from a girder to an exterior wall, the sister beam has to go the same length. You know, another thing that you could do, Kurt, is you could run another girder at the midpoint of that 15 feet from end to end. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be has to be as strong as the main girder for the house because you're really just taking the flex out of it. So if you poured a small footing underneath it, you know, and just got something in there to kind of stiffen the floor, that would take the bounce out. Right. Yeah, I thought about that on the uh, main floor, but my second story, I didn't want to, you know, like put a glue lamp in. I only have like seven feet, five inches to ceiling height. I understand. So, you know, doubling them is a solution as well as using a mid-span girder. All right, sir. I appreciate the information. You're welcome, Kurt. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Don't go anywhere. After these words, we'll return to help answer your questions at 888 Money Pit. We'll be right back. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT or post your question online at moneypit.com, just like Sue did in Oklahoma. All right, Sue writes, a neighbor's child poured a whole glass of juice into my floor air conditioner vent. The AC seems to be running fine, but do I need to worry about that causing problems down the road? Maybe not, except for some ants (laughs) or something like that. Look, as long as uh, as the... This uh, dear child didn't pour it into the mechanics of the air conditioner, just the vent. You're not really going to hurt anything with that, Sue. If you can take the register off 
and maybe just spray some uh, water in there and, and wipe it down, try to soak some of that up. I, I just do that much of it, but I wouldn't worry about it damaging the system. And plus, your your house will smell orangey fresh for quite a while. Well, <laughs> well, you hope anyway. All right, Min from Vermont writes, I live in the mountains and get lots of snow. This summer, I want to build a deck myself, but I'm worried a big, flat, elevated deck won't be able to withstand the weight of the snowfall. I've seen more than one crumble. What should I do? Listen, it's not a do-it-yourself project, Min, if you've not done this before, especially in an area where you're going to have a lot of severe weather conditions. Sure, I see these things fall all the time. And the reason is, of course, they're not built right. And it's not the kind of thing that you do as your first DIY project. I mean, some of the key things is to make sure it's properly attached to the house, that the floor joists are the right size, that the beams are the right size, and that the columns that hold the whole thing up are on the right size footings. It is possible to build a deck that could withstand all the snow Vermont could uh, dish out. But it's certainly not possible to do that without a really solid knowledge base and a lot of experience. Plus, it's just really hard to build an elevated deck by yourself. I mean, really hard. Even somebody that knows how to do it like me, it would be a challenging uh, experience to have to do that one board at a time and have that come out uh, come out uh, properly. Yeah, I mean, when you live in an area that gets so much snow, you know, like a harsh environment, the structure getting that really correct is key. And once you do that, I mean, you can barely knock that thing down. Well, would you like to have a patio floor unlike anyone else's? Leslie tells us how in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, this really is one of the easiest ways to have the coolest outdoor area ever. You can paint a rug right onto your concrete patio. Now, to do this, you just need to make sure that your patio is really super clean. You can mop it with one cup of vinegar per one quart of water and then spray it away with a hose. Of course, make sure it's super dry because you want everything to adhere. And then you've got to just mark off the area for this faux rug with painter's tape and make sure you get your lines nice and straight. Now, you can come up with a ton of different designs. I mean, really think about it. Chevron patterns are super hot. Diamond patterns, they're in as well. Tone-on-tone, bright colors, a super bright color against a white. All of these are going to work and be really graphic and create really a standout floor for your patio. So once you've marked everything off, you want to use concrete paint. Now, you can get this at most of your home improvement stores nearby. They'll tint it any color you want. And then go ahead and first paint that background color and let it dry overnight. Then add in that detail once everything's dry. When you add in the detail, you can do it freehand with tape. You can get some stencils and create an overall pattern. I mean, really, this is the chance for you to let your inner artist shine. So do some research online, look at different rugs, get inspired. Now, once it's dry, you want to finish it with three coats of water-based polyurethane and let that dry completely. And that drab slab of concrete is now a completely unique and totally you focal point. And I'm sure absolutely beautiful. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement radio show coming up next time in the program we'll have tips on how to survive the least favorite part of any construction project the cleanup we've got surprisingly easy ways you can get rid of that old to make room for the new on the next edition of the money pit i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti remember you can do it yourself but you don't have to do it alone
Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.